0: episode of That Marriage Podcast. Today, we're talking about anxiety. So, welcome back to another episode of That Marriage Podcast. We're excited to keep going through season number two. And we're gonna talk about anxiety today. It's a heavy issue. It's not super comfortable to talk about all the time, especially within the Christian realm. Um, but it's it's real. Um, and a lot of people are dealing with it, myself included. So today we're gonna to talk about that a little bit and how that how that goes being married to someone with anxiety.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the biggest issues that I have experienced uh, as a pastor is how to minister to people who have anxiety, who have um, mental health disorders, and and um, that make it difficult to live life, quote unquote, normal. Um, and I think it it has ranged from. Um, as dramatic as, uh, saying that mental health disorders are caused by demon possession, um, and all the way to as subtle as, well, you're just lacking faith. Um, and it's always really difficult to, to know how to approach that. And I think, um, like to the more extreme one, um, I don't know if you remember this case. Uh, it was like, um, when we were first in the church, Um, I won't go into details or share where, um, but, but there was a, a, um, a visitor to the church, um, you know, just came with, uh, with her family and her son had clear mental health issues. Uh, and it was, it was pretty severe. Um, but I remember in prayer meeting, what was always told to her was, hey, what we need to pray is for the Lord to deliver your child from this demon. But never, hey, have you taken your child to see doctors specialized in whatever the mental health disorder? I, I never really asked what it was or um, I'm always afraid to say, oh, OK, it might be this Um but that, was, you know, that for me was revealing, you know, that within the church we, we have this evil stigma over mental health issues. Uh, and we are quick to brush it off as either some demonic presence or just your lack of faith. <laughs> Jessica's just totally sad. I'm like, oh.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard those things, too, Um, and that's especially hard as someone who does have anxiety. Um, It's hard to be transparent about struggles when you're afraid of what, what what that kind of response could be. I've definitely heard a lot of like accepting answers and it's, it's not becoming such a, such a bad stigma as it once was. Um, It's obviously more talked about now. Also outside of the church, there's less of a stigma in general about mental health. Um, But it is kind of scary to, to tell people that I'm a pastor's wife who has anxiety because man, doesn't she have any faith? Like, how can she possibly have anxiety when, when she's a pastor's wife? Doesn't she read her Bible? Um, and I've heard these things. And it's hard to explain anxiety to people who don't have it. Because the thing is that, well, at least with my anxiety, I, I've gotten to a point in my life where I recognize when it's anxiety. I, re- I can recognize an anxiety attack or a panic attack. And it's hard to just bring myself out of it. It's not that I don't want to, but just like when you get a cramp in a muscle when, when you're exercising or something like that, uh, an anxiety attack is very much like that, where it's consuming and you can't you can't just do anything. You can try to stretch it out. You can try to walk it off, but there's nothing realistically that you can do to make it stop the second you want it to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's so, for me, something that has always made it difficult. Something that made it very difficult to minister the difficult that I, the difficulty that I experience in pastoring, um, churches and, and members that have such a negative view about anxiety, um, really just comes down to, um, I don't want to say a lack of, of, um, biblical understanding, but a very rigid view of, of the Bible. And it really, um, because of that, it puts a limit on them on actually gaining the help that they can potentially have. Um, for example, if you think that uh, an anxiety is simply a lack of faith, you may spend years trying to address your quote-unquote lack of faith when simply all you could have done was gone and sought help to, to fix a actual health issue that can be addressed and you can you could have actually saved so much energy you know than trying to to fix your quote unquote lack of faith if that, if that makes sense
0: and you could have been spending a lot more time actually growing a deeper relationship with Jesus rather than trying to fight out of a lack of faith
1: mm-hmm.
0: you yeah. expel so much energy trying to find that faith when it's a medical condition and all that effort. And I'm not saying that you, everyone is different. I don't want to push anyone out of, you know, searching for a deeper faith. Uh, That's, Mm -hmm. you can totally do that. But if you have anxiety and it's a medical condition that hasn't been addressed and you're trying to just, wrestle constantly years for year. i mean i can't imagine for years trying to grow a deeper faith you've expelled so much energy on trying to fight something that is out of your control
1: yeah mm-hmm. now so so let's get a little bit deeper jess um so how real is the problem of anxiety
0: i mean it's it's real. It's genetic. Um, so I didn't know it at the time. Um, it, I was much younger. I. It, mental health wasn't being addressed in my family. It wasn't being addressed in society. So my parents didn't know um, how to address mental health for me as a kid. Um, but I remember having panic attacks at... 12, 13 years old. Um it wasn't I remember having panic attacks as like 12, 13 years old. It wasn't always something that was like, "Oh, I'm 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 scared of blah, blah, blah. but I remember trying to go to sleep at night and I would get this overwhelming feeling of dread. And I would be convinced that if I went to sleep that night, I wasn't going to wake up the next morning as a kid. And I, you know, I wasn't like an extremely morbid kid or anything. It wasn't like, it wasn't anything like that. It was just, I'm not going to wake up in the morning. I just don't think I'm going to wake up in the morning. Like that's that. I just remember that feeling as a kid. And my mom would be like, you're fine. Just go to bed and sometimes that's all i needed to hear to feel better but as i got older that kind of feeling got worse and so it's it's real like looking back now now that i'm almost 30 like i know that those were panic attacks those were adolescent panic attacks and who knows had i been able to address those things as a kid how much better i would have been in my adult life because I struggled with... I still struggle with anxiety to this day. And it's gotten increasingly worse since we've had our daughter. Um, but it's real. I, I can't imagine... I, I, I can't see how people can say, oh, well, it's just not real. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're just over-emotional. No... I'm a fairly, I I consider myself to be a fairly intelligent person. I I can recognize my panic attacks now. Mm -hmm. I'm just still learning the coping mechanisms to pull myself out of them. But when I'm hyperventilating, crying, blacking out because I can't stop picturing my husband trying to explain to my two-year-old why mama isn't here anymore. Like it's hard to come out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not even going to start on that because actually talking about some things can trigger anxiety for me. So I try not to discuss them when it's not absolutely necessary. So we're not going to go down that wormhole. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's real. It's so real. and unless you've experienced it, you it's very hard to understand it. and I, I get that. It's difficult to understand if you've never had that horrible, horrible, overwhelming life consuming feeling. Um, but when you feel it, you feel it and it's it's horrible. It's the worst thing in the world. I would never wish it upon anyone it would be oh man i mean that's like it it would be a torture tactic if it could be Mm -hmm. learned so
1: is anxiety or mental health issues simply a buzzword to quote-unquote cover a multitude of sins or can it actually be a genuine christian experience
0: It can be a genuine Christian experience. The thing about it being a buzzword is yes, it's a lot of people will say, oh, well, I just have anxiety. Sometimes yes, and I understand that getting to a doctor to address mental health doesn't seem like a priority, especially on a budget. Um, you know, I'm... I'm very much understanding of the millennial plight where you only go to a doctor if you feel like you might die because otherwise it's ridiculously expensive. And I understand that. Um, So yeah, a lot of times people have self-diagnosed anxiety and that does kind of undermine people who, who have genuinely been diagnosed with anxiety, but to a Christian experience, it's, it's crazy how people say, oh, well, you're just saying it's anxiety. You just don't have faith. Mm-hmm. And it's funny this year when for Easter, I was going through the book of Luke each day. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the resurrection... It's like, I don't know why this year, I've read this story before, everyone's read this story before, but this year it popped out to me that Jesus is crucified and then it's Sabbath and they go back on Sunday morning to find the stone rolled away and Jesus isn't there, but they're going there to prepare the body, so to speak and they bring spices and oils and they're doing all of these things and when they're told that the that he's not there they're in disbelief and when the women tell the disciples they have to go check themselves to make sure he's not there when when all of these people who are Jesus's closest allies, his closest friends, he's told them that this is going to happen. On the third day, I will rise and I won't be in the tomb. But anyway, they still mourn on Sabbath. They don't celebrate on Sabbath. They go to the tomb expecting to find a body. And they don't even believe it when they're told like, hey, remember when he told you this was going to happen? And so for me this year, when I read that, it just really stuck out to me that like people question where is my faith? The people who knew Jesus best were told that this would happen and yet they still didn't believe it. Where was their faith? And that kind of made me realize like, God understands. God knows that we have faith in him, but in the reality of life, in the reality of being sinful humans, we are scarred with these experiences that challenge us Mm -hmm. and sometimes overwhelm our humanity.
1: So, when when you're you explaining this, and I remember when you when you told me this um, uh, back during uh, the Easter uh, Easter season, um, the first thing that came to my mind was, "Wow, these these people." Were genuinely traumatized. Like PTSD. Where everything Jesus has ever taught them or said to them. Just literally went out the window. And. For a second. I said. I I, I genuinely judged them. I was like. Weak. Like weak. Disciples. Like, how dare they not believe Jesus Christ? But then I, like, within a split second, I said, well, wait a minute. It's not that they didn't have faith. But as you said, like, their sinfulness, their humanity, their, the, the, the frailty of the human mind and heart as well. Caused them to to be blinded to just simple a simple promise that Jesus had made, and and it just goes back to as as you were mentioning, and to to my question, you know, anxiety can be a part of of a Christian experience where you might know all the right verses, you might know all the You might know all all the stuff that you need to say to yourself to not be anxious. Um, But yet, whatever it may be, whether it be a trauma that you experienced or whether it be a predisposed genetic mental health disorder, as you just mentioned within your family. Things can trigger it and all of a sudden, yeah, I might know, you know, Philippians four six, you know, don't be don't be anxious of anything, you know, rejoice all the time and you know, think of pure things, you know. If if I find myself in a place where my mind cannot process the reality. I could quote unquote, you know, or not quote, no, like as some people may say, oh, I'm not have the faith. But it's not that I didn't have the faith. It's that at the present moment, physically, I can't process what's happening.
0: Yeah. And it's, that's what stood out to me is like, these people had this knowledge. It's not that the knowledge was absent, Mm -hmm. but the, the emotion was overwhelming. The human experience was overwhelming. And to me, that's, that just really hit me that, God sees our humanity. God sees how how we are affected by events of life. And He doesn't look look at us and say, Well, I've already told you, don't worry about anything. Why would you worry about something? Mm-hmm. He knows that you have that in your heart. He knows that you know that that, that knowledge. But he knows that we are so sinful and so human that that overcomes us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I mean, I'm that's it sucks. Like I'm not not trying <laughs> yeah. to to say like, oh well, that's okay. I mean, no, let me tell you, it's not okay. It's not fun to live with. And everyone lives with different overwhelming human experiences that challenge your biblical knowledge of peace. It just manifests in different ways.
1: And I guess, you know, I'm 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 already hearing, you know, from the back of my mind the the rebuttal statements. Oh, but Jesus said that he came to give us life more abundant and you know, all these other verses that you can, you know, throw you know in the same line uh, was it in john 14 he says my peace i give you my peace i leave with you what would you what do you do with that then like how do you balance jesus promises with the reality that there there may no there may be a mental health disorder present that is putting a, a damper it's uh, hindering uh, I don't know what other ways I can describe it that is impeding you from exercising your faith to its fullest potential
0: it's hard because again a lot of people who say these things either one are battling with this themselves and they think that they've overcome it um, and they don't like to face the reality that other people don't use the same solution as them or they've never experienced it. And there were points in my life where, yeah, I was actually able to deal with it by myself um, and just kind of figure out coping mechanisms that worked for me. And there have been seasons of life where that wasn't enough. Um, And for me, yep, Jesus Jesus did do all that, Jesus. But Jesus knows my heart. It's not... I mean, it's like marriage. My husband knows I love him. But sometimes my actions as a human completely neglect that statement or that promise I've made as a wife. Just because your human experience is different from the ideal doesn't mean that you negate everything you believe
1: Mm -hmm. hearing you say this um, just really highlights the grace that God has for us
0: oh absolutely
1: Um, the this unmerited I want I know the word is favor, but at this point it's just a merited love, you know and an understanding that he knows you know in in Hebrews we find that Jesus uh, experienced the quote know the the infirmities that we experience. He understands the long nights of despair that you can feel, you know, where um, you just can't sleep, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, I wake up the next morning, or um, whatever it may be, where Jesus understands that, and, and the best example of Jesus experiencing anxiety is at the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, here is God in the flesh, Asking God, pass this cup away from me, you know, and it, it's this terror that's upon him, you know, where, yeah, sure, he, he always understood what was going to happen. Um, he understood that by doing this, he would bring redemption to the human race. He knew that by doing this, he will finally finish you know, this this battle between him and Satan. He knew that this was the victory that needed to be fought and this is the way that had to be done. But even in his humanity terror, no trauma, that all of this was on him to the point where he is literally sweating blood, which is a medical condition that has happens where, you know, you're you're uh your sweat glands actually get filled with with blood because you have um just the trauma you know that that, that's placed upon your physical body you know this is not any ordinary this is like anxiety to its fullest extent on steroids and jesus experienced that and here we have a God who understands that and he pours his grace and he understands, oh, yeah, Jessica knows that I'm here for her. She knows that I'm going to pour my blessing, but she's struggling right now. So the question now, obviously, Jesus has that, that grace. So, Jessica, how how should a spouse approach um their other spouse that is facing either a mental health disorder or anxiety more specific
0: this is really joe asking like hey what do i do
1: <laughs> um
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i mean jesus is the perfect example and grace Um, I know that it's hard for Joe to understand my anxiety and understand what I'm going through when I have an anxiety attack or a panic attack. Um, mostly just, at least for me, um, is be there, Mm -hmm. just be a source of comfort. Um, because logically, usually I panic about things medical related. I usually think that it's every headache is an aneurysm and every, you know,
1: belly ache is, every
0: stomach ache is cancer. And Mm -hmm. I mean like those kinds of things. Um, and so I know logically that those things are irrational Um, so I don't need Joe to tell me that. Mm. I don't need him to tell me that that's illogical. I I know that. I understand that it's illogical. Um, if you didn't know, gallbladder attacks can present themselves with similar symptoms as heart attacks. Yep. In my family history, there are... Many women who have had their gallbladders removed before the age of 30, um, I probably ex- started experiencing symptoms of gallbladder attacks early 20s, mm-hmm. um, but I always thought they were heart attacks. Like, I, I, I could have sworn I was having heart attacks, but I thought they were um, stress-induced, like heart mm-hmm. spasms. Um And again, because I was a millennial, I was like, yeah, I can't afford to go to the doctor about this right now. Um, I have to be at work 60 hours a week, so I can't afford to take off and go to the doctor. But it turns out that by the time I finally had other symptoms of a gallbladder attack, my gallbladder was so filled with gallstones that they couldn't really make out the shape of my gallbladder anymore.
1: Yeah, I remember that. The lady, she's like... have your gallbladder removed it's like no oh let me see this angle oh yeah there's your gallbladder but it's just i can see it because there's a little shadow that's lining this big white blob
0: yeah (laughs) um so i i thought i was having heart attacks now mind you i am i've been athletic most of my life that's stopped you know within the last few years but i was athletic most of my young life I have never eaten red meat out of personal flavor preferences. Um, (laughs) Religiously, we don't smoke. We don't drink. Um, There was a very short period of time in my life between 21 and 21 and a half um, where I drank. And then we became Seventh-day Adventists. So I stopped drinking. Um, So... I mean, even when we did drink, it wasn't excessively. There was I was never a partier. I never never had any of the habits that you particularly associate with heart conditions. Mm-hmm. And so for me to think that I'm having a heart attack at 26, 27 was completely irrational, which I knew. I knew that it was irrational for me to think I was having a heart attack.
1: And to top it off, that also, all of this happened three months, four months after Lena was born.
0: Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of hormones involved. And luckily, I mean, I could tell myself like, okay, I'm I'm young. I don't have a family history of this. I eat well. I, you know, I don't consume tons of caffeine. I maybe have a cup of coffee a day, Mm -hmm. um, maybe two on a rough day. Like, so there was nothing that I, I could logically say, yeah, this caused my heart attack. Um, so that I could talk myself down like that. But Joe knew as a spouse, like, him telling me, it's irrational. You're not having a heart attack. Like, he knew that that was only going to upset me on top of having a panic attack. Triggers. Um. Yeah. So we kind of touched on that in our triggers mm-hmm. episode. Um, but... Yeah, your, your spouse, sometimes it takes a while to learn your spouse's anxiety. Joe knows that if I say I have a headache, I could very well go into a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, He usually is like, can you please just go take some ibuprofen? Let it go away. Because I usually try to like think, let things ride out without taking medicine. That's um, just how I am. But he knows like if you have a headache, just go take some medicine because otherwise you're going to end up in an anxiety attack because your headache isn't going away. Um, so yeah, it it takes a while to learn your spouse, learn their anxiety, learn learn what what helps, what doesn't. Um. Sometimes just asking, like, "How can I help? What can I do?" Mm-hmm. And sometimes just your presence, yeah. helps. Just feeling. Not alone in that dark, dark, horrible place. Yeah., because um, for me, that's the worst part is feeling like I'm in the bottom of a black hole all by myself.
1: Especially you no, know, like at least in my case, you know, um, I I'm a, you know, cup half full kind of guy. Oh god um, when
0: we first started dating and he would try to pull that when I was having an anxiety attack that was the worst.
1: Yeah, it it's just you know in I've always been a happy child, always been just a happy person. Um it takes it takes a lot for me to to get in a really dark place. Um and usually it's just more of, you know, kind of um different stresses you know and and just compounding itself on top of each other but it takes a, it takes a long a lot of time so seeing someone in my view completely the opposite it's like well all you need to do is just be a little bit more happier like just smile
0: i had some choice words about that when we first started dating. yeah
1: it took a while but the more i learned um about about Jesus grace for me the easier it was for me to put that into practice you know not even show it's just more of letting it be Uh, because uh, I realized that there's no words that I'm going to say that are going to make it better Uh, I, I knew that and it wasn't that you know Jess didn't love me Um, I just realized that, you know, right now, uh, she knows what it is. She understands, okay, this is a, an anxiety. Um, so I just need to be there. You know, I just need to be, just be present, you know, and let God's grace flow through me, if anything. Um, And it goes it goes along like something I learned very recently, you know, within probably the last week or so. And it's not really learned, but just kind of put it more into better, better words. Um, But in Mark chapter two, we find a story of the friends that bring the paralytic man and they break the hole in the ceiling and they drop the, the friend down so that Jesus can heal him. Oh, I've heard, I don't know how many sermons on that passage in my whole life. I can't even tell you that many times I've heard that story being mentioned in some form of some way or in whatever context it may be. But something I always overlooked was. That it was the faith of the friends that healed the man. And. And. Now, thinking of anxiety and thinking of the dark place that Jessica is in, you know, my role as a spouse is I should then have the faith, you know, if I, if I want to use those those words. I should have the grace. I should have the, the compassion. I should have whatever it is that she's failing to have or that she doesn't have because of the dark place that she's in, because God's going to see that and God's going to accept that on her behalf, because I'm there for her. And and it's this beautiful yet passionate interweaving of, of marriage and two different beings, you know, coming together where God is accepting now my faith and he's accepting my strength, you know, and even though that he understands Jessica, even though he understands where Jessica is, here is her husband, supporting her loving her you know having the faith having the grace having the compassion it's a, it's this beautiful blending of two separate beings and the same way goes the opposite way where i may be you know stressed out about work and you know i'm feeling vulnerable i'm feeling weak and here comes jessica being strong and you know it's this you know this complementarian aspect of marriage where where i'm lacking she's you know filling it and supplying it, and wherever she's lacking, I'm here to supply it as well, and, and even if we're not looking at in this God, you know, kind of divine vertical aspect, you know, she can sense that, that I'm there for her, you know, that I'm trying to be that rock, that, you know, that firm place where she can, you know, come and feel safe. (laughs) Yep, <laughs> Jessica's like, oh my goodness, he's learning. So um, just to conclude all of this, obviously we can talk about anxiety and mental health disorders for hours on end.
0: Yeah, I can. <sighs>
1: um, so just two quick questions. What would you say to those who are Uh, facing and are dealing with mental health disorders and anxiety specifically Um, and how can you get
0: help so if you are dealing with any mental health struggle anxiety depression ptsd the list goes on there's a lot of different mental health struggles if you are struggling and you have the capabilities to see a medical professional, do that. See just your primary care doctor. You can express your struggles. If you don't feel heard with your primary care doctor, change primary care doctors. Yes. I understand that is difficult for some people geographically or insurance wise. If you live in a small town, sometimes there's not many choices. Mm -hmm. Or if you have very specific insurance, it's hard to find different providers. Use whatever resources you have Mm -hmm. to find a medical professional who hears you and wants to be your advocate to help you work through whatever medical problems you're having. So... I, I was at a doctor who they just kind of said, okay, well we can, we can do this. And I didn't feel like my problems were being heard or solved. So I literally found a doctor in the next building over and it's a world of difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I go in regularly just to discuss with my primary care doctor, how the treatment plan we've chosen is going. She recommends different things, different, um, different ways to deal with it how i'm reacting to different methods we've chosen um i understand that it's hard to make it a priority i understand that feeling like your side is on fire versus well i had a panic attack the last five weeks once once a day or once a week every, mm-hmm. you know, last four and a half weeks or whatever it is. It's it's hard to not prioritize mental health. But it's so important because it can change every other aspect of your life. So, even if even if you don't want to see a primary care doctor, but you can find a therapist or a counselor. Mhm do that there is a lot of online communities that can be helpful um just having that community to be able to be vulnerable with like-minded people can be helpful um but yeah absolutely seek help it's hard it's it's I don't want to say like t- you kind of take a blow to your ego because I think that's what society has done to make us think that mental health isn't a real medical issue. I put off um, being medicated for anxiety for a long time. And after I had my daughter, my anxiety got worse and worse and worse to the point that I was actually having physical issues because of my anxiety i was getting heart flutters because of my anxiety on a daily basis didn't matter what i ate didn't matter what i did and to that extent i stopped exercising i didn't do a lot of things because i was so afraid that like what what's going on with my heart like what's gonna Mm. what's the problem um and so finally i got the guts to go to my primary care doctor. And I said, look, like this is happening. And I don't know why I've tried to change things. I've tried to do a few things to rule things out. And I just don't know what it is. And she said, this could be anxiety. Let's try a medication to see if that will help. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was resistant to it. I didn't want to be on a daily medication. I didn't want to have to depend on medication. But I realized for this chapter of life, I, I needed it Mm -hmm. because every day I would spend hours just sitting, trying to control my heart. Um, and that was hard for me to come to terms with. Um, but guess what? I haven't had heart flutters in like four or five months. Um, until the other day where we had some crazy days. We were recording different things. We were doing different things or we went out for walks or something because we finally had some nice weather and I missed my medication for two days at the same time, which I try not to do. I, I make an effort to make sure I take it every day at the same time. But I missed my medication for a couple of days and the heart flutters came back immediately. And I realized, oh, oh darn it. I... Thought that maybe, maybe that just kind of had gone away, but no, my medication is controlling it. And that's, that's good. I, I, I realized like I saw a medical professional who knows a lot about what, how to handle these things, um,
1: and gave you options and
0: gave me options. She gave me options. She said, you know, if you don't like this, let me know. We'll, Mm -hmm. we'll find something else. Um, and she said, we can always change this in the future. If you feel like you don't want to use this anymore, let me know and we'll figure out a way to take, you know, to taper you off of it. Yeah. Um,
1: that is so important. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is so important. And as a pastor, I need to speak to this because I have had so many conversations with members on this issue and not just on mental health, but just medicine in general and their faith and walk in life. God gave the wisdom to these men and women to study medicine to help people. And it would, in in my view, it would be a shame for us to not use God's provision on our behalf through medicine. But I also know that there are alternative med, uh, medicine, you know, you got holistic medicine, you kind of have, you know, just natural remedies that you can do. And these men and women are well trained and equipped. They spend years doing research in medicine, and in their specific field, where you might come and say, look, I'm having this issue, I'll, I'll use, for example, just putting aside uh, mental health disorders, a, health, a heart condition. You know, hey, doctor, I'm having this heart condition. This is what's happening. And the doctor will say, well, okay, let's, you know, we'll put you in this medicine, this medicine, whatever. If you feel uncomfortable, voice that. Say that, hey, doctor, is there another method for me to pursue? And I'm sure that they will give you all the different options that you can possibly go through. They will not force you to do something that you don't want to do. And they will tell you outright, hey, look, your condition is so severe and so um, so chronic that this is the only option. And they will tell you. Um, but I, I just want to encourage anyone that's listening right now, you know, I know we're talking about mental health disorders and anxiety, but if you believe in God and you have faith in God, I think it would be beneficial for us to trust in the God-given intelligence and wisdom that God has given to these doctors to help us be better, because I will say, in within since you've received uh, your uh, your medication for free anxiety, your spirituality has like blossomed.
0: Oh, it's so much better.
1: And 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 it goes back to how we started the show. I know so many that are struggling with anxiety and they're simply brushing it off with, I just need more faith. And if they would have had this outside help, their energy could have been more spent instead of fixing their lack of faith to actually deepening their faith. Because now they don't have something that's impeding them from achieving it.
0: Yeah. And don't... If... I don't want anyone to feel pressured like, oh, well, I... I need to do this no matter what. I understand resources can be short for some people. But if you have the resources for you allowed to go to different doctors and you're, you know, your insurance covers it and you're in a, an area where there's a selection, it's okay to mm-hmm. look for a doctor who shares your faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I went to a therapist who wasn't Seventh-day Adventist, but was Christian. And I could explain things to her and say, why am I like this? Like, the Bible tells us that we shouldn't be like this. Why why am I feeling this way? And she was able to share from a biblical perspective and a faith perspective of how, how we can still understand that and our medical condition my therapist was able to share devotional resources that specifically helped me with my anxiety
1: Mm -hmm. so you had a spiritual element help for you yeah while at the same time you had medicine to also
0: yeah she was a medical professional she was a licensed therapist Mm -hmm. um and she said, "Having experienced anxiety, mm-hmm. I've found that these specific devotionals help you with your mm-hmm. walk with Jesus while experiencing that anxiety." Um, and that's what that's one that I use all the time. It's um, I have a couple different one ones of them. Sarah Young is my probably favorite anti-anxiety devotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, to me, it does not matter what day it is. It always seems to hit the nail on the head for my anxiety that day. Um, and so, yeah, those are awesome, mm-hmm. awesome resources if you struggle with anxiety. It's a quick devotional, at least the ones that I've used. They're quick devotionals. They kind of jump right into the point. And you just kind of feel this overwhelming peace afterwards because it feels like your heart has been heard. So yeah, I think what was the second question?
1: Oh, actually answer both of them. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, but yeah, find a community. It was so funny during COVID. Obviously people are inside. People are struggling. Um, I, wanted to mention this there was someone in a networking group that i'm in a local networking group who just checked in and said hey i'm a local artist i i like to spread awareness about anxiety does anyone need some uplifting stickers that's what Mm -hmm. she does and she just sent them to people not asking for anything not asking people to purchase um so I'm gonna have her link below because she has an Etsy shop, so you can purchase from anywhere. Um, but she actually sent some super awesome little stickers, and I'll post some pictures of those. Um, but yeah, if you have an anxiety, if you have anxiety or any kind of mental health struggle, don't be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not alone. You're so not alone, and there's so much hope. I know sometimes it feels like you are in the deepest, darkest, most overwhelming, burying hole. And there's no light coming in. But you're not in that hole alone. And we'll all keep digging to find light even if it's just for one of us sometimes. Yeah. So Joe gave me the nod. (laughs) So that means that we're done Um, without dwelling on this too much. I mean, there's so many things that could be said about anxiety and faith, but I think we've covered a decent amount of it. If you have comments, questions, let us know leave us a comment, send us an email, make sure you rate and like this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time.